I understand where he's coming from. I I get it. I get it. I mean, you know, if you enjoy it and you're going to play all the time anyway, then FOMO doesn't have a chance to really kick in. But I think you have a good question there that I don't have an answer to. You're tuned into the GoCast podcast, your one-stop shop for updates, news, tips, and community in the world of Pokemon Go. Thank you for listening. The countdown to Kanto continues with a hurricane on the horizon. The north-facing Gucci items are in the code, but not that kind of code. It's time to stop and smell the February Community Day. Heatran is back in raids, but more importantly, so is Gibble. And more on this episode of GoCast. Hello and welcome to GoCast episode 127. It's January 12th, yet another Tuesday evening. I'm your host, Chris, and with me, I'm joined by, as always, my co-host, Kyle. Hiya. Hey, Kyle, how's it going? It's going. It's going. You got to qualify. You set a precedent not so long ago. But it's, it's just going this week. It's just going this week. Wow, the whole week, not just today, but the whole week. You really put it in perspective. What a commitment. The week's, it's Tuesday. I mean, come I know. on. <laughs> oh, yeah, it's only, it's only Tuesday. It's oh, no. only Tuesday. <laughs> All right. Well, before we get any further, shout out to three brand new patrons, Rhonda, Graydon, and Grace. Thank you to the three of you for your brand new support and patronage we hope that you're enjoying the discord i know i've seen at least two of you in there we're looking for that third one to join soon if that's your speed and uh looking forward to getting to know you better all right kyle are you ready to really just uh invest 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 in that attitude of it's going as we review our goals right yeah, now yeah, <laughs> yeah let's <I> am. <laughs> let's double down on our personal misery and review the goals we set last week kyle we're gonna have you go first uh, mostly, well, okay, well, partially because you always go first, but secondly, because I'm embarrassed this week and would like to bury it as much as possible. All right. Your first one was 200,000 experience. I did do that. Oh, excellent. So, excellent. That. Good job. Five GBL matches a day, uh, or at least, you know, seven sets. I did not do that. Wow. I did 15 matches total. So three sets. Uh, what about Evolva Tier 2? Did you get your Caracasta? I did. Finally, nice. I can stop walking it and start walking the arc. <laughs> hey, it was bound to happen eventually because you you did it too fast. You didn't wait for another fossil event. <sighs> but good job. I'm proud of you. Did you use any rare candy? No. Oh, look at you. I thought for sure you'd show up like, oh, no, I'm five short. Nobody will ask. He won't <laughs> ask me. I'll use it. But good for you. For myself, I wanted to hit level 45. I knew I wasn't going to hit that, but I really wanted to motivate myself. I, I'm not there yet. <laughs> I'm at about 50 grunts, so I got 50 more grunts to do. Oh, my gosh. Uh, I've purified 70, so I got 30 more to go, and I need like 30 more leaders. So, yikes. We'll see how this weekend goes because it is much shop community day, so I will be out and about. Uh, this past week, I did not have as much luck with time. So hopefully this weekend will be more promising. Shiny Snivy or Snivy. Well, I feel like I'm the only person in the world that didn't get one, unfortunately. Uh, so that's a that's a real bummer. 69 million experience. Well, part and parcel with the first part about how I didn't play as much this week. Uh, no, that didn't happen. I'm close, 
but not close enough. So we'll see how that goes. And level 16 in GBL, I did do that. So I'm happy to say that I'm not a total goose egg. Just as close as you can get with a one out of four for this week. Kyle, you've beaten me. <laughs> He's done it, ladies and gentlemen. He's done it. Goodness me. I'm uh, I'm a little bit embarrassed with myself, but that's what I get for saying lofty goals. Oh, well, that's too bad. Are you going to be carrying any of your goals over to next week, Kyle? You don't have to say right now. You don't have to commit. That time's later in the show. Probably. Probably. Okay, cool. We have to remember to set our Machop Community Day goals, too. Don't let me forget. Yes. Don't worry. All right. Okay, great. Speaking of forgetting, none of us will after we remind everybody what's going on in the news section. We're moving right along here. First thing in the news is countdown to Pokemon Go Tour Kanto. We're in the Sinnoh part right now. Yes, this part is live right now. So this is probably old news to you. But if you have been living under a rock or might be a rock type Pokemon, this could be potentially new news to you or explain the strange happenings right outside your window. Trainers, as we approach Pokemon Go Tour Kanto, we'll be spending some time highlighting other regions in the world of Pokemon. We've already shared our plans for the Unova celebration event that was last week. And today we're excited to announce that Sinnoh will be the next region featured in our countdown celebration. When is that happening? Well, it's already started and it does finish on Sunday, January 17, 2021 at 8 p.m. local time. That's this upcoming Sunday at 8 p.m. local time. Features currently include Turtwig, Chimchar, Piplup, Bidoof, Kranidos, Shieldon, Combi, yeah, buddy, bees, Weasel, Drifloon, Glamiel, Perugly, Hippopotas, or Hippopotatoes, Skaroopy, and Snover will be appearing more frequently in the wild. If you're lucky, you might encounter a shiny Buizel. Buizel's got a pretty slick shiny. It's yellow, right? Yes. 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 It looks good. Looks good. <laughs> the following Pokemon will be hatching from five kilometer eggs. Cricketop, Badoo, Cranidos, Shield on Bronze, or Bonsly. Hippopotas and Croagunk enjoy event-exclusive field research tests that reward Stardust and lead to encounters with Pokemon such as Turtwig, Chimchar, Piplup, Cranidos, Shieldon, and Buizel. The following Pokemon will be appearing in raids. Turtwig, Chimchar, Piplup, Shinx, Buizel, and Gibble will be appearing in one-star raids. Of course, the highlight being Gibble. Lopini, Hippowdon, Toxicroak, and Luminion will be appearing in three-star raids. And Heatran will be appearing in five-star raids. I'm not too thrilled about Heatran coming back, but I understand. Mega Charizard Y, Mega Blastoise, and Mega Obama Snow will be appearing in Mega Raids. Complete the Sinnoh-themed collection challenge during the events by catching Turtwig, Chimchar, Piplup, Kranidos, Shieldon, Combi, Weasel, and then strangely, Shadow Stunky and Shadow Snover to receive Stardust, a Magnetic Lure, and 15 Ultra Balls. Head on over to the Today View to track your progress. And up next is Hoenn. More about that further in the show now kyle let me pick your brain really quick so okay well let me just highlight a couple of things here that are pretty non-negotiable as highlights gibble in one star rates that's awesome if you're not farming that please take advantage of it now in the few days you have left to do so secondly in five kilometer eggs i've been seeing that it looks like croa gunk is hatching a lot so if you're looking for a good iv croa gunk for whatever particular reason now is a good time to hunt those down and uh, we'll cover this a little bit later, too, and probably not in the section you think we're going to. But Kranidos is a really high DPS rock type Pokemon, uh, really high up there, but kind of squishy. And now is a great time to catch that rare Pokemon and get some candy on there. But 
Kyle, what I want to ask you about, and I'm sure you know where I'm going with this, but the collection challenge, it seemed rather two-dimensional with the Unova celebration, right? But this one's got two shadow Pokemon on it. And I did test this today. I'm sure you probably did as well. But the Shadow Snover, Shadow Stunky, a regular Snover will not trigger it. It has to be Shadow. Yeah. And it's caused a bit of a stir, as I'm sure some people have noticed. So what about your personal feelings on it? Do you think it's okay? You think it's kind of weird? You think they should have given us the option? How are you feeling? I don't like it because I don't think it's, well, it's just very limiting, I feel. Sure, sure. You have to go do the grunts to do it, which are traditionally a side objective. You don't have to do that to progress other things unless it's associated specifically with the grunts, obviously, like the all of the shadow related special research. And also just the timing is a little bit poor because it's a limited time thing and it's expecting you to go get these shadows. And I don't know about you, but I've had four balloons and none of them were either of these two. So, <laughs> yeah, I haven't exactly had uh, I, I do all of my balloons all the time because I'm, you know, doing that that current part of my level 50 experience or journey to level 50 experience rather. Uh, but yeah, I'm a little bit thrown off by it. Not because I think it's a bad choice. Quite the contrary. I understand what you're saying. It seems limiting, but I think having the limit there makes it exciting, makes you have to do something and, and actually put some effort into it. Wherein the Unova collection challenge, a lot of people did it without even trying. Uh, there wasn't a lot to really do there, but these two just aren't in the quote spawn pool unquote, right? Cause you have to do the rocket stuff. What I don't necessarily like about it is that in previous pieces of content or just in general for the game, the team rocket stuff has been kind of in its own lane. You know what I mean? It's thematically grouped with other rocket stuff with a good reason for it. Like there's an event where there's a rocket takeover or what have you. It seems almost out of place here. And I would like it if a regular Stunky or regular Snover would work. And if you happen to catch a shadow first, that also would trigger it. I'm not quite sure if I like or dislike this quite yet. I guess we'll have to revisit this next week, but it's definitely something to note. I think just on the point that saying some people or many people completed the Unova one by accident or as happenstance, I don't necessarily think that's a bad thing because you got to remember that, well, we move in a sphere of people who tend to play the game a lot. This kind of collection where there's only, you know, 12 Pokemon you're collecting is the challenge for somebody who only plays for five minutes a day or 15 minutes a day or, you know, goes out to the park every other day type of thing, you know? Sure, sure. And in that case, I think these challenges are a fitting level of difficulty. I think the shadow pushes it beyond that for most people of that playing caliber true well they did warn us when with, with the go beyond update so that makes a lot of sense uh no it doesn't I, that was a cheap joke a very long walk for a cheap joke uh but no i think i agree too again i think that it's kind of getting to the point where i'm saying it just feels kind of out of place it just seems very strange but uh, that being said, we'll have plenty of opportunities to talk about collection challenges uh, within this very episode. So I don't want to wring that conversation topic dry. So we'll move right along to the next news item, knowing that we'll come back to this later on. 
the North Face and Gucci Code. Now, you might remember that there was a collaboration. Is it still ongoing? I'm not quite sure. I don't really remember how long it was going for, or even if there was an end date, but there was a collaboration event between the North Face and Gucci and Pokemon Go. Obviously, we covered it last week. But uh, you had to go to a pop-up location. You had to find a store. I think there was 100 locations, and they were all over the place. The coverage was good, but what's not good right now, given our global situation, is going anywhere. (laughs) So this is what has happened here. This was in a tweet from the Ads Pokemon Go app Twitter handle. To continue adapting to the changing global environment, the avatar items based on the North Face and Gucci collection are now available to all trainers using this code. I'm going to read this code to you, but I would encourage you to take a look uh, at the linked article in the show notes and go ahead and get the code there because (laughs) you don't want to listen to me say this 20 times in a row and keep going back and hearing it again. That's weird, but here we go for those masochists out there. GXSD5CJ556NHG. Every letter is capitalized. Of course, I told you at the end. Yes, I'm making this difficult for you. Just go look it up. You can redeem this code in the in game shop or at the link below. And it's referring to the link that's in the article itself. So, again, I'd encourage you to go do that. You can do it in the in game shop if you're an Android user. If you are an iPhone user, iOS user, you have to go through a link and claim it through a portal. Just an FYI. Kyle, we were just talking before the show started. You said you have not redeemed your Gucci items yet. Correct. Are you planning on redeeming your Gucci items? Probably not. Why? The hat's pretty fly. Um, well, I'm never going to change my clothes, so whatever. <laughs> All right. If nothing else, you're you're consistent and loyal to yourself. And who can default you for that? All right, cool. I redeemed this code uh, right away and changed into it, took a picture, and then changed back into my old clothes. See? <laughs> See? But I've got that picture. Can you say the same? I don't think so. I wouldn't take the picture anyways, so it's okay. My ancestors are smiling on me. Can you say the same, Imperial? I don't think so. All right, next piece of news here, February Community Day. Now, before we get started, a little note up front. Niantic has communicated with us that they are reviewing their selections for future Community Day Pokemon, so we can probably expect a change in flavor come March. There's been some talk on this show and in social spheres about the most recent selections for Community Day being less than exciting or breaking from norms and, and all that sort of stuff. Uh, so just bear in mind that they are listening and they're planning on, on doing some work with that in the future here, very near future. Okay. So now that we've, <laughs> now that we've given you something to bite down on, let's go into <laughs> this actual community day trainers. Did you know that a Rosalia's flowers smell more pleasant? The healthier it is. <laughs> the scent is said to deeply relax people. This February's Community Day is sure to be relaxing then because Roselia will be the featured Pokemon. Woo! Woo! Now, my first gut reaction was, what? Why? (laughs) And then I realized that it was February and Valentine's Day, and so the flower theming makes a lot of sense. I bet that this was approved sometime last year, and they were like, that's an easy one. Let's just put that on the board. So that makes a lot of sense. Now, in, you know, the context of the conversation that we've been having the past couple of weeks, most prominently last week and what I just said, maybe not the best idea, but here we go. 
When is this happening? Sunday, February 7th, 2021, from 11 a.m. to 5 p.m. local time. Features include Roselia will be appearing more frequently in the wild. If you're lucky, you may encounter a shiny one. I've encountered like six already. I'm not really looking forward to this. Uh, Kyle, how many <laughs> shiny Roselia have you gotten? Just one, but that doesn't matter. <laughs> it's more than enough is what you're I, about to say. One Badoo as well. So, Oh, there enough. you go. Nice, nice. So now here's actually, I think, the most exciting part about this. Now, people are, and we're kind of making a joke about this. This is less than exciting for sure, but this part is exciting. Evolve Roselia during the event or up to two hours afterward to get a Rose Array that knows both the charged attack Weather Ball Fire type and the fast attack Bullet Seed. That's pretty sweet. Don't ask me why, because I'm not smart enough to tell you. Is it? <laughs> I don't know. No, it, fire type move on a on a grass poison type is sweet coverage. So I'm I'm a fan. I think Rosa Raid having that and also having access, access to Dazzling Gleam will also give it, you know, some sort of usefulness in a way that it didn't have it before. So that's good. Take a few snapshots during community day for a surprise. It'll be Rosalia. Event exclusive time to research will be available. By completing these time to research tasks, you'll be able to earn Sinnoh stones, which I believe you need in order to get from Rosalia into Roserade. So that'll be useful. There'll be a special one-time purchase Rosalia Community Day box available for 1280 Poke Coins featuring an Elite Fast TM, four incense, four super incubators, and 30 Ultra Balls. Buy it of your own volition. Uh, you didn't hear it from us. For US $1 or the equivalent price and tier in your local currency, you'll be able to access the Roselia Community Day exclusive special research story, Stop and Smell the Roselia. (laughs) Remember, trainers, if you purchase a ticket for the Pokemon Go Tour Kanto event by Wednesday, February 3rd, you'll get this special research story for free. And lastly, for features, Badoo will be hatching from two kilometer eggs. (laughs) But that's not it for eggs, because in the bonuses, we've got, you know, incense activated during the event will last for three hours. Of course, of course, of course. But additionally, quarter hatch distance when eggs are placed into an incubator during the event period. Unironically, my favorite bonus. Ironically, Kyle's favorite bonus because you hate it. What are you talking about? I love using all of my incubators up on 2K eggs in like a two hour period. (laughs) You got to buy more regular incubators, Kyle. Absolutely not. <laughs> All right, so I'm I'm curious. I know that you and I kind of moaned and groaned about this a little bit, but overall, how do you feel about this now that we've gone through all the details? I think it's cool that there's two moves, but on the flip side, that's two legacy moves now for sure. one Pokemon, and that's kind of a downside depending on how you look at it. And also, the thing that really gets me, and we talked about this earlier before we did the show, the shiny for Rosalia is already out. We We know this. It's been out for a long time now. But it's not just that, because that's happened several times now. It's been boosted several times, too. And that's the part that really gets me. Was it It was boosted for GoFest? Um, it was boosted event? on its release event or whatever. We had like a bug or grass event. And that's when you got like three in one event. Oh, OK. All right. Yeah, I couldn't remember exactly what or when that happened. But I, I vaguely remember that being the case. Yeah. And it's been boosted at least one more time. It's kind of an all-over-the-place shiny. It would be like if they did a shiny Aeron, and I'd be really upset about that. So, Well, I mean, would you, though? You'd finally get more, so. (laughs) Yes, I'd be really upset. I know you'd be waiting for it, so. I'd be transferring them left and right. (laughs) So overall, not thrilled? No. Like, I don't have many of these shinies, so it's, it's nice to get more. 
and Rose Raid is a good grass type attacker. But like that's kind of about it. It's a really good poison type attacker too. It's up yeah, there on the charts. poison is garbage, so it doesn't matter. Yeah, I'm just I'm just saying it does fill that slot to a degree. I'll tell you what, you know what would make this event really great is if there was an easy way for you to have more encounters with Badoo other than two kilometer eggs because that's the shiny that I want I don't necessarily want Roselia I want Badoo and it was the same sort of story with Elekid and Magby as well and that didn't really pan out either so yeah take it or leave it I'm sure that there are several new players that are very thrilled about this but for those of us who've been playing this game for a while this is one of the older shinies that we've had for a while and like Kyle mentioned has been boosted So a lot of us have several of these already. So there we go. I'm just going to look forward to the uh, the two special moves and be happy about that. I'm excited to see how that shakes out in the PvP meta. So I guess we'll see there. It's going to have to be like crazy impactful, though, because Rose Raid's not really relevant in any level of play. The best it can see is in Master League. And even then, it's not good. True. I'm just thinking, like, what is it going to be helpful against other grass types so what if it goes up against a grass poison like venusaur it has an option i i mean i guess but it even in against the grass poison matchup poison is neutral damage so there's that that's true but it's not super effective so without without weather ball getting stabbed it just is like i don't know it's just more extra coverage again it was like flamethrower and thunderbolt on magmar and and electabuzz so uh, I guess, again, we'll have to see people smarter than us. Please crunch those numbers and tell us how wrong we are for sleeping on this awesome pick. But there we go. Moving right along here to the next countdown to Pokemon Go Tour Kanto section, which is Hoenn. Trainers were excited to announce that Hoenn will be the next region featured in our countdown celebration leading up to Pokemon Go Tour Kanto. When is this happening? This is going to be next week, Tuesday, January 19th at 10 a.m. to Sunday, January 24th at 8 p.m. local time. Features Trico, Torchic, Mudkip, Taylor, Loudred, Nosepass, Aaron. There you go, Kyle. Metatite, Roselia, oh my gosh, Carvana, Numil, Baltoy, and more will be appearing more frequently in the wild. If you're lucky, you might encounter a shiny Aaron, Kyle. It's, it's finally being new. released. Oh, but wait. It's not even new. I don't understand. <laughs> yeah. At least Buizel and Snivy were new. That's the one. That's the one. The following Pokemon will be hatching from five kilometer eggs. Skitty, Aeron, Corfish, Lilip, Anorith, Bagon, and Beldum. If I hatch an Aeron or a Skitty from a five kilometer egg, I'm going to cry, 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 <laughs> cry. Enjoy event exclusive field research tasks that reward Stardust and lead to encounters with Pokemon such as Trico, Torchic, Mudkip, Aeron, Plusel, Minin, and Whalmer. Before we go any farther, I yeah. swear to God, if I get a shiny Aeron, during this event i just i don't have words I, I don't even have words and it hasn't even happened yet <laughs> I'm, I'm looking out for that puzzle man if, if i pull it over remember i gotta delete my account i said that like a year ago oh my gosh uh the following pokemon will be available in raids trico torchic mudkip ralts aaron and bagon will be appearing in one star raids breloom mawile grumpig spinda and absol will be appearing in three star eggs and drum roll Kyogre and Groudon will be appearing in five-star raids. It's good to have you back. (laughs) Good to have you back. But here we go. Here's actually where it gets a little bit interesting. Complete the Hoenn-themed collection challenge during the event by collecting Trico, Torchic, Mudkip, Ninkata, Nosepass, Aeron, Plusle, Minin, and Bagon to receive three silver pineapple berries, experience, and an incense. Head over to the Today View to track your progress. Okay, great. So silver pineapple berries, experience, and incense. That's neat. 
evolve Matang, the evolved form of Beldum, during the event to get a Metagross that knows the previously Community Day exclusive attack Meteor Mash. Is this the some events in 2021, Kyle, that we were looking forward to? I guess technically it is. Here we go. That's good. But it doesn't stop there. Event exclusive timed research will be available as well. Complete the Hoenn themed timed research tasks to earn the following rewards. Catch two Kyogre to earn 10 Kyogre candies. Catch two Groudon to earn 10 Groudon candies. Catch 30 Pokemon to earn 30 Pokeballs. It just that's a that's a net zero investment if you're good. Complete all the timed research tasks to encounter a Rayquaza that knows the exclusive charged attack Hurricane as well as earn 3,000 experience in a silver pineapple berry. If you're extremely lucky, you might encounter a shiny Rayquaza. Shiny Rayquaza has been out. This is not a new release. What is new here is, well, first of all, that's great again for the whole getting a Metagross in this Meteor Mash, but Hurricane and Rayquaza, I have a feeling, is probably pretty gosh darn good. I, I hope so, but it's it's going to be for PvP because you're not really going to use Rayquaza as a flying type attacker, although you could. He'd be, he'd be just fine. You could already, and I think that this might kick it up another notch. So I guess we'll have to see how the numbers pan out. But I, I think it's worth getting excited about. But you only get one. Yeah, same thing with Fire Punch Groudon. And what, what was the other things? I don't really remember what they were from a little bit ago. It but was the Hoa with Earthquake. Grass right? Not Cresselia? Yeah. Was another one, too? Yeah. Happened. Some earthquake. I guess this, oh, that's the bigger right. news, I guess, is it adds it into the elite TM pool. Yes. Or yes. it could add it. I, I think it does. Yeah. I, I, I think it does. That's pretty cool. A free bundle featuring three remote raid passes to help you challenge Kyogre and Groudon. You can't make me will be available in the in-game shop from Tuesday, January 19th at 1 p.m. to Monday, January 25th at 1 p.m. PST. So those of you then asking for more free remote raid passes, there's three in this bundle starting on the 19th. So that's going to be pretty sweet. After this is going to be Johto and that's going to start on January 26th. I'm very excited about Johto. <laughs> very, very excited. Now, my question to you, Kyle, is why the special time to research this time and the evolve for an extra move, all that stuff. Why is that happening now? For this one, and it didn't happen for Unova, and it's not happening currently for Sinnoh. Maybe the special move thing is because we haven't really gotten any Pokemon in those generations to be in that situation. But still, the exclusive timed research, why did that not happen? I think potentially twofold. One, the Hoenn legendaries in particular sell raid passes. It's proven. So getting more people to interact with it is is kind of a big deal. And two... They're older, so they don't have to worry about giving people newer content that might still be sort of exclusive. Oh, that's true. That's true. Like, that was definitely never going to happen with the Unova. It could have happened with Sinnoh, but I still can see the argument for why it didn't. It's just that the feedback for the Unova and then this Sinnoh event was kind of like, a, yeah, the spawns are there and I guess the raids are different and the collection challenge is kind of a misnomer. This time with the shadow, it's a little bit more engaging, uh, but it didn't really seem like much of a event. And this sounds like it'll feel like a, an event, you know, something to do uh, outside of the norm. I think this was always the plan to escalate everything that was happening so as to culminate in the Kanto tour, which would have 
everything. Oh, which potentially. I think translates very well into the next point, Meteor Mash Metagross. That's a big deal. Yes. Yes, it is. I don't want to sleep on that for sure. I think we should really highlight that. So go ahead. How good is it? Oh, I mean, Meteor Mash Metagross is fantastic. If you haven't gotten them, this is a fantastic time to get several of them. Six if you can. But it's more the precedent that it's a community day move brought back. And in case nobody was noticing, there were leaks that were said were false about the Kanto tour having community day moves for the starters. You know, you, you never know now at this point. Maybe maybe that is an intention for the future. It's it's possible. And to kind of get into, you know, speculation nation territory for a hot second here, if it's going to continue to ramp up, I, I mean, we'll have more information once we know what Johto really entails. But Kanto itself, I mean, we could possibly see the return of the availability of all three starters getting their community moves. It's very possible. I just want to say one thing. Why not do Metagross and Salamance? It just kind of would have been nice. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Maybe because they didn't have to. Maybe they're treating it as its own. You know, Meteor Mash brings people out on its own. We don't need to have Salamence with, was it Draco Meteor? Yeah. 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 So I don't think they wanted to waste that again and they could trot that out in another thing and bring more people out again. Yeah, maybe. Dragons always bring people out, but. Very true. What's really going to be telling is the Johto event, whether it will have Tyranitar or not. Oh boy, that's right. I forgot. Yeah. I, you know what? That'll that'll really do it. If we get SmackDown Tyranitar for Johto, I think a lot of people will be very happy. Yeah. I mean, a lot of people are going to be very happy about Meteor Mash Metagross. There are replacements for SmackDown Tyranitar now. There's not really a replacement for Meteor Mash. That's true. Yeah, those those shadow matangs that have been waiting. This <laughs> waiting. is their opportunity. <laughs> this is their opportunity for sure. So Anyway, very exciting stuff on the horizon. Uh, looking forward to it. I'm really happy that these events are not just becoming cookie cutter, especially for this countdown, that it is escalating. I like this. I think it's exciting, but not as exciting as Gear Up is going to be this week. Am I right? Am I right? I don't know. Are you ready to do some math? I was told there'd be no math in this I... episode. <laughs> <laughs> There's no math. There are some numbers, though. Oh, no. Because this week on Gear Up, we're going to be talking about what's the big deal with IVs. And we've addressed this topic in the past. It's probably been more than a year. And it's a conversation that is always brought up, but it's always assumed everybody knows what it means. So it's always nice to refresh people who might not be as in the know about all the numbers. First, I want to preface that everything here is related to PVE or raids and taking gyms and all of that kind of content we'll address pvp at the end very briefly but what are ivs iv stands for intravenous fluids (laughs) (laughs) chris is right okay (laughs) yeah but no it stands for individual values that was close it's a mechanic that has been brought over from the main series games and A way to look at them is that they're basically genetics for Pokemon. It determines what the maximum value for a Pokemon's stats can be. 
higher IVs, higher maximum stat. So in the game, all Pokemon have base stats. We talk about it all the time. Attack, defense, stamina. A simplified version of the six stats from the main series game. Our example is going to be Mewtwo because Mewtwo's got a nice round attack stat. It's got 300 attack, 182 defense, 214 stamina. Now, IVs will add directly onto those base stats. That's it. Plain and simple. IVs, there's no fancy math involved. There's no other fancy calculations. 100% Mewtwo will have 315 attack, 197 defense, 229 stamina. And then the previously mentioned Mewtwo was a 0%. So as you can see in that comparison, the difference is very, very small. The difference in attack between the 0% and the 100 is exactly 5%. That's it. And then the defense and the stamina are 8 or 9% difference. It wasn't important enough for me to calculate, but... <laughs> So anybody who's stressing about their Mewtwo being 10, 10, 10 instead of 100%, that difference is more like 1%. And I think that's not worth getting upset about. What do you think, Chris? Uh, no, I, I don't think that's worth getting upset about. But I understand the, you know, the wanting to have the 100% and then investing in it, especially if it's something that you can still rate and get more rolls on. You know, I wouldn't invest in a, you know, a 10, 12, 13 Rayquaza if I still had a week worth of Rayquaza rates to do. You know what I mean? But there are a lot of scenarios for newer players or maybe players who don't play as much about whether they should power up this Pokemon, even though it's only like 8, 12, 15 or something like that. Well, I think if I could offer a good example uh, Mew and Celebi are great examples of this. Now, okay, maybe not so much now because we got shiny Celebi, so we got another roll at it. But those are Pokemon that whatever the IV roll you got when you got the opportunity to encounter that Pokemon at the end of the special research, you, you're stuck with that. You don't get a better one. You don't get a worse one. That's the one you have. And for many of us, it's, you know, something a little bit lackluster in comparison yeah. to 100%. It's like a 12, 11, 10. Yeah. You know? But like, even in that scenario... The difference is minuscule in terms of actual stats. So it's not the end of the world unless, you know, you like to collect 100% because who doesn't like to do that? By the way, I just threw this in there. This whole discussion, it's why Shadow Mewtwo is so much better than a purified 100%. That, that shadow is 20% extra damage right there. And your 100% is more like 1% to 2%. Oy, oh, boy. <laughs> All right. One thing I am going to say, though, here, too, is that IVs have a greater impact on uh, damage output, the lower the base stats are for the Pokemon. So, you know, that 15% is greater in comparison to the larger stat stat products, the proper thing to say here, correct, of, of the base stats, right? So if it has 50 base attack, 15 is a greater share of that, therefore improving it by a greater percentage. If it has higher attack, like Mewtwo has 300, 15 is a lower percentage of the overall total to be adding to that. That being said, that's why legendary Pokemon, you can pretty much grab one and use it. It's still better than 100%, you know, uh, Exploit or something like that. Yeah, the most extreme example I could think of when I was writing these was Shuckle. Everybody knows the jokes about Shuckle. It has 17 base attack. <laughs> so 100% Shuckle will get plus 15 attack. 
for a total of 32. It doubles its damage. It gets 50% more damage, basically, from being 100%. No, 100% more damage. It'd be 100% more damage. You're, you're right. You're right. Yeah. That's insane, though, to think about. I mean, poor Shuckle. Still, I wouldn't use it still. I mean, that is to say that just because it gets improved that much more doesn't mean you should use it. It's still bad. Yeah, no, 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 don't do that. It's just an example of how it can be impactful versus, say, a Blissey, which has like 290 HP or something like that. Yeah. Stamina or stamina. So 15 is basically nothing on top of that. Again, it's like 5.5%. But there is one thing I learned today, and this one is actual math for everybody to run away for the next maybe three or four minutes. I was told. There would be no math in this episode. I was going to look to see and make sure I understood how IVs affected a Pokemon stat. So I was checking on PV poke and stuff to see simulators because they show you the stat product of every Pokemon that you're running. And you can just put in 100% and it'll show you. You can compare it to the GoHub database of all Pokemon stats, which is where I get all of my stats from personally. And the numbers didn't match. So I was very confused. I was like, wait, this Dialga says it only has an attack of 229 at 100% when he has 275 at 0%. Mm -hmm. Turns out that they use the CP multiplier, which we mentioned when I was doing the catch formula, against the base stats to find their actual in-game stats. And I didn't actually know this was a thing until today. Does that make sense? Yeah, it, it did. Here's the question, though, is why do that? If they're all multiplied by that number, then why not keep them as is? It's a good question. And I think the potential argument for that is so that they scale up to a potential higher level. The level 40 multiplier, for the sake of discussion, making it easier, is 0.79. The level 51 multiplier is 0.845. Okay. So the numbers aren't in the game, obviously, but the level 65 multiplier could be one, for example. And I just thought that was really interesting to share, and I don't really understand why they do it, but that's the best explanation I can give. Yeah, if if you out there, you know, if you're a math person... <laughs> Uh, and you understand why they would be motivated to do this because it's interesting to have this conversation and then think about breakpoints as well. Um, I, I would like to know if somebody out there understands this to a greater degree than we do, um, or at least I do because I'm kind of lost. Kyle knows what he's talking about. Send us an email. Love to hear about it. And I've just, I've just got one more thing to say and related to IVs. All of this is for PVE, which means it's very straightforward. Bigger number is better, full stop, in every scenario pvp as we have mentioned in the past ivs are significantly more complicated it's much harder just to break it down in simplistic terms because the way the cp formula works with being so heavily weighted towards attack and stuff like that so I i'm just going to summarized it rather easily before though outside of master league first bar small second and third bar big Exactly. That is the most simple explanation, but most people are like, why? That's, that <laughs> is a conversation for another day True. at True. another time. 
All right. Well, hopefully people are a little bit less stressed about their IVs now. I know that even knowing this, I'm still like, but it's not 100. It's 98 percent. It could be better. Like, ugh, it's hard to break that mentality. But hopefully for those of you that are looking at your going, well, I wish he was a higher IV. Just know that it really, at the end of the day, functionally is not a huge difference, like Kyle was saying. So I think that's a nice takeaway for sure. But let's roll right into the Poka lore, where this week we're going to be talking about Kranidos and Rampardos, the headbutt Pokemon. <laughs> I love these two. Kranidos first. Kranidos is a gray dinosaur-like Pokemon. It's a dinosaur. Resembling the Pachycephalosaurus. It has a hooked beak, red irises, and a hard blue dome-shaped head with four spikes on its back. It has stubby arms with three claws. Despite the stubbiness, it can attack with them. The back half of its body has a large spiky pattern of blue, and it has a short tail. It has feet with three forward claws and one backward. Its main attacking prowess involves charging headfirst into its opponents. When it lived in dense forests and jungles 100 million years ago, it would use headbutts to snap obstructing trees, down its prey, and combat other Pokemon like Aerodactyl. It notably lacks any intelligence. Wait, hang on. Why would you headbutt an Aerodactyl? Why is the Aerodactyl in range to be headbutt? It, you know, the if you're Kranidos really, is like two feet tall. If you're really committed, you know, I, have you ever seen the the vert on a on a Kranidos? Neither have I. I don't. But maybe it's obscene. Maybe it's absolutely obscene. Rampardos is next. Rampardos is a large, dark gray dinosaur-like Pokemon resembling a Pachycephalosaurus. It has a dome head, which obstructs its red eyes. It has blue stripes, one on its tail and one on each of its knees and wrists. It has various spikes, one on each knee, two on its blue collar and its neck, two short ones on its nose and four on its head. Two of these head spikes are bigger than the other two. Its strength lies within its fierce headbutting attacks. A charging Rampardos can knock down virtually anything with one hit. 100 million years ago, it lived in jungles, where it tore down jungle trees while catching prey. It enjoys barging into objects with its head to train its strength and reflexes. This resulted in its skull becoming harder than steel and a foot thick, which prevents it from fainting <laughs> if it crashes into anything. Even another Chargy Rampardos. In ancient times, people would dig up its well-developed skull fossil and use it as a helmet. <laughs> However, because its skull became so thick, its brain also became even smaller than that of Kranidos, leading to theories that it went extinct because of its stupidity. <laughs> Same here. Same here. That's probably one of my favorite lines in a, in a Pokedex entry ever is it went extinct because of its stupidity. That's a good one. That's one for the scrapbook. Stats. Max CP an impressive 3728. Now, when we had referenced this Pokemon earlier on in the show, we were not joking. It is a really top contender for rock type DPS. A max CP of 3720. That's amazing. An incredible 295 attack and 219 stamina are hamstrung by an incredibly low defense of 109. It Oof. is the rock attack. It is the rock type Gengar for sure. Yep. Best move set Smackdown Rock Slide. Don't need a community day for it to learn SmackDown. It just comes preloaded with it, which is awesome. And then if you're using it in PvP, you might also want to bring Flamethrower for some coverage. Uh, that'd be good against them. You know, them uh, squirrely grass tops you just got in your way. Just set them on fire. There you go. Uh, I love both of these, and they're really relevant because the spawns are out and about. So again, like we mentioned before, make sure you get a lot of candies. If you haven't got a good IV one, not that it matters, I guess. Now's a good time to grab one. 
and uh, build up your Rampardos. Now's the time. Any love for these two, Kyle? Either of them? I like them a lot in Pokemon Go because they're really good. But before Pokemon Go, I definitely thought Shieldon was the superior fossil. Definitely. Yeah, I think so too. I think Shieldon's cuter than Kranidos. Yes, 100%. Not even a question. But I think Rampardos is cooler than Bastiodon. There can be arguments made there. Yes. <laughs> All right. Well, we'll we'll save those arguments for another day <laughs> about that because uh, we've got a lot of stuff to still cover here. Because goodness, we've got a couple more sections, but the email section is just packed. So I'm excited to get to that. But let's move right along to the Poke Poll. So last week's Poke Poll was: How has fear of missing out or FOMO affected your relationship with Pokemon Go? Are you able to play the game at your own pace or do you feel pressure to play a certain way over another? Lots of great answers to this question, by the way. There's a, there's a lot to unpack, a lot of a lot of feelings to be shared, I feel. Mm, yes, absolutely. First one's from Venusy. They said, I feel like it has affected me more over time. I took a long break from the game in 2017, returning sometime mid to late 2018. And so missed a lot of early community days and didn't necessarily have the candy for a lot of those during the 2018 and 2019 reruns. Not having access to those does sting a bit and has made me more likely to take part in the events I reasonably can, even if that's just completing the time research and maybe leaving my Go Plus running for a bit when I have the Pokeballs to do so. And when events aren't running back to back. It doesn't affect me as much in other aspects of the game, though. Trying to get event spawns from eggs generally isn't worth it. And living in a rural area with no local raid group, I was barely able to do five-star raids prior to the introduction of remote raid passes. So I'm a little less concerned about going after those. I missed Uxi when the Lake Trio was back recently, but I know they'll come back around again at some point. Saying that, for some that have more relevance as raid attackers or in Master League, e.g. Kyogre, Mewtwo, when it returns in Camp Tour, Dialga whenever that comes back. I would like to get better ones than I've been able to get previously. I think there's a good statement in here, especially in that they'll come back around again. Always. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I think when you and I had a discussion about this last week, I think we pretty much kind of came down to the conclusion that, you know, the longer you've been playing in the game, the less FOMO really uh affects you because you know that a lot of these things come back around but when something truly exciting does come around it it gets intense you know what i mean you're like oh my gosh i actually need this now but when it's like kyogre coming around for the 13th time you're like oh if i miss this window no big deal (laughs) yeah exactly exactly right right Mahalo said, if 2020 brought anything good, it's the lack of fomo in general life because nearly everything fun has been shut down (laughs) so there's little envy Similarly, FOMO has been absent in my Go experience. Not sure why, but remote raiding and remote PvP tournaments are likely factors. I wish I could travel to get some regionals like Carnivine, but that's not a big deal. Mahalo, I love your realism, and I love this down-to-earth answer. This is spectacular. And I like how you cited specific examples as factors that were affecting you, too. I think that's true. I think remote raiding has really kind of cut down on FOMO, especially for some of these raid-exclusive events. Absolutely. I think the biggest thing for me about remote raiding cutting down on FOMO is it means I can do something in Pokemon Go 
without needing to plan my entire day around it. Yes. And that's very valuable. That's what we like to call accessibility. <laughs> yeah. Right. Next one's from Mitch. And he said, I totally agree with Chris that I do pretty much every event possible in Pogo. I'm pretty much in the palm of Niantic's hand when it comes to events. FOMO informs my play of live events, community days, and various other events. I have no FOMO because I play all the time. I avoid it like the plague. When Mitch yeah. commented, when Mitch commented on this on the Discord, I was like, "Now, do you not have FOMO because you play all the time, or do you play all the time because you have FOMO?" I understand where he's coming from. <laughs> I I get it. I get it. I mean, you know, if you enjoy it and you're going to play all the time anyway, then FOMO doesn't have a chance to really kick in. But I think you have a good question there that I don't have an answer to. Well, I mean, I. <laughs> I mean, no, no disrespect. I totally understand where he's coming from, where you're coming from. But if you say you have no FOMO because you're always taking part, how do you feel if you if real life gets in the way and you don't get to take part? You, you probably feel like you missed out, didn't you? I mean, probably. But is that scary? Do I really have a fear of it or am I just acknowledging the fact that I missed out on something? Uh, I I think you might be getting a little bit too pedantic with the word fear, but... <laughs> <laughs> I, give I mean, the idea is supposed to be that missing out is so unbearable that you make sacrifices you would not normally make in that scenario in order to take part. Right. It's a motivational thing. But if you just acknowledge the fact like, oh, it's a bummer. I'm not getting to do this. Oh, well, and move on. That's just acknowledging the fact that you missed out and it doesn't really bother you or change the way that you operate in your day. Right. Uh, OK. Yeah, I, I see where you're coming from. It's a complicated way to kind of navigate it. And I don't think it really fits for this conversation we're having right now. But I think that's it's FOMO is just really complicated because it's human yeah. psychology. And that means it's, it doesn't make a lot of sense. So, yeah. Uh, Rocket Man said, for me, FOMO has never really been a thing in game or otherwise. My anxiety makes it tough to want to attend events and things like that. The pressure I feel outweighs my desire to participate. And thus, I usually miss out by choice. In game, I took a year and a half break from the game at one point and didn't really regret missing out on anything that happened in that time. I do like to participate in events, but if I'm not able to, I just live with the fact and try to aim for hitting the ones that I think I'll really enjoy. Oh, there you go. I think that's the other end of that spectrum is like acknowledging it, but then just kind of living with it. No big deal. Yeah, it's like, you know, you can't take part in it. So remember, it is a game. Play the ones that are fun. And that's that's a great way to look at it. It's not a game, it's a lifestyle, Kyle. That's the point we're trying not to make, Chris. <laughs> True. Mitch gets me. He understands. <laughs> Next one's from Gray V. There's been some confusion since the joint because Mitch cooks gravy, and now we have Gray <laughs> V on our well, Discord. Gray it's a good time. V. Yeah, it's a, it's a good time. It's a good time, though. Yeah. <laughs> I recently got over FOMO. It hit hard when remote raid passes came out and I sunk some money into raids with friends during lockdown. However, with my shift into a PVP mindset, Great League and Ultra Premier mostly, I haven't needed many raid mods. I skipped the Mr. Mime event in favor of the Kanto event. I wanted to show Niantic the types of event I like to pay for. Oof, Chris, I feel like you're being personally attacked. Or vote with your wallet, you know? I mean, I, I think I mean, this yes. makes a lot of sense. Yeah. Uh, you know, what, what do you what do you think? What do you think I, I'm being attacked? What do you mean? Like, oh, yeah, Mr. Mime event. That's, that's good. 
We got tickets for it from Niantic. But you were definitely going to buy it. Oh, I would have. I would have bought it if it was twenty dollars because I'm an idiot. Uh, uh, <laughs> no, see, like I was gonna. I was prepared to buy it for eight for the eight dollars or whatever it was. If it was twenty dollars, I would have been on the streets at Niantic headquarters <laughs> complaining. <laughs> see, okay, here's the thing. Here's how I view it. Like, yes, I really want to participate in it, and that's usually enough of a reason. But because we do this show, I mean, this is largely a journalistic sort of show. We cover the news uh, primarily, <laughs> even though the lion's share of our time is answering emails. Uh, <laughs> so, I mean, I feel like if it was $20, I would still want to participate in it and be like, I paid $20 for this. It was hella not worth it. You know what I mean? I mean, like that's that there's value to, to doing. That. Yes. I'm, I'm just saying that you still would have done it. Okay. Look. Y- yeah. Okay. All right. Fine. You got me. <laughs> true. True. Just the average Joe said, LOL FOMO. I think you mean induced anxiety. Hey. I have plenty of anxiety of my own. So it's very easy for me to ignore Niantic fueled FOMO, especially <laughs> because there are very few things that you can actually miss out on because they'll all be back eventually. That's a good point. Niantic makes the most money from people who need to get there first. I feel like that quote from Mr. Incredible in the first Incredibles movie, we will get there when we get there. Uh, very true. Patience is a virtue, just not one that I exhibit. Good answer, Joe. <laughs> Seconded. <laughs> Next one's from Cameron. She said. Which one? The superior Cameron, right? It. <laughs> uh, that's her name. That's that's the term. That's how we tell them apart. Not, I'm not taking a stance on which one is superior. All right. All right. You, you all heard it here. Okay. It's not taking the stance. I struggle to get away from FOMO in general, and it seems like every month is nonstop events with big rewards. I'm easily sucked into things like Pokemon Go. So there's definitely been a few times I have deleted the game from my phone, not the account, to remove any temptation. It mostly works until I accidentally see some event details on Twitter and re-download it temporarily. (laughs) (laughs) I have a lot of respect for people that are able to uh, delete and reinstall apps on their phone. I'm just like, I'll put it in a folder and I'll just forget about it. And then I just go to that folder. My, My phone is clean except for apps I use on a regular basis. Well, yeah, I've got three pages of apps. I have like one. You'd hate my phone. I look whenever I'm at work and somebody pulls out their phone and they don't have their Starbucks app ready to scan and they start swiping. (laughs) (laughs) There are people who have four, five, six pages of app icons. And I'm just like, please. My favorite part is that those people are like, hold on, hold on, just a second, hold on, just a second. You can, there, on, on both Android and iOS, there's a really easy way for you in one tap to get to a search function where you can just type in Starbucks or something like that. And you it'll probably pull put the app S-T-A and it would be there. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. Oh, man. People are uh, hilarious. Uh, Trent said, for better or worse, 2020 made me accept that I was going to miss out on events. Having gone overnight in March and April to help handle the increase in orders, I missed out on Aber Community Day to C. Day and all events in between due to my sleep schedule. Then again, in October till last week, missing out on the vast majority of the events unless I stayed up and tried to power through them in an hour. It's made playing a little more relaxed for me. I still have that small bit of FOMO when it comes to getting evolutions out of fear of missing out on good moves, though. That's for, I feel like that's a practical application of it. So kind of like pick your battles, right? You want to participate in it, but at least, you know, Hey, measure your resources of, in your case, being awake, (laughs) your sleep, 
to just the things that you need to do. Get the evolutions done, and that's pretty much it. That's redraw the line. You feel like you've participated in a way that you're satisfied, right? Mm-hmm. I think that's. I think there's wisdom in that for sure. Next one's from Mikey. And they said, the most FOMO I've felt from Pokemon Go in 2020 has all revolved around Go Battle League. I generally don't like to spend a lot of time doing it. And the only time I truly felt like diving in was during the one week of Little Cup. I had previously wished for such a cup to exist. So how could I miss out? Beyond that, however, I've just been mindlessly grinding for the sake of not missing out on any more poses or costumes. Yeah. Niantic needs to do much better, in my opinion, to also cater to those who do not wish to spend hours per week on PvP content. Hopefully someday the legacy prizes of past Go Badly seasons will become more widely available. Let's hope. Let's this hope. is one I haven't heard before, though. What is the fear of missing out in Go Battle League? Well, there are certain poses that you only get if you hit a certain rank within that season, and then after that it's gone, right? And we don't have a precedent yet for those things coming back or being purchasable in any other way. Uh, so there is that, but yeah, that's okay. pretty much but it. Isn't it only for rank 10 previously and now past rank 20 that that is a thing? Well, yeah. So I'm just saying that that's a it's a very high rank. They're not expecting everybody to to get it. So I don't I definitely never thought about that as being FOMO. Yeah, but you don't now. care about poses. But like you don't need more than a couple. Yeah, but I don't need more than three shinies and I still keep 20 of them. I, when I was cleaning out my Pokedex, I transferred 18 shiny Weedle. I think I kept 12. And you did what? Many. You heard me. You monster. You heard me. You, I would have done uh, more. I'm so mad now. I'm so <laughs> angry. <laughs> How could you? Uh, very, very painfully one at a time. Oh my gosh. Just read this next week's book, please. <laughs> This week's Pokepole was, how do you feel about collection challenges in Pokemon Go? Any additions or changes you could make? So I Any feel additions like, or changes you would make? So I feel like this is kind of an interesting question because they've sort of demonstrated that they're going to be making changes. And if it does keep escalating up to the actual Kanto event, you know, the collection challenge being all 150 of the original 150 Pokemon, right? Save Mew, of course. That would be 151. Uh, that this is going to be making some changes and stuff. So this is more of kind of like, how does everybody feel about the concept and what are your hopes and wishes for it in the future? Do you think, you know, beyond this event rather, right? So Kyle, how do you feel about collection challenges? Do you think it actually adds anything to the game or no? Personally, for me, I don't care for it. It doesn't do anything for me, but I like the idea for the Kanto tour specifically. I think making a paid event where part of the task is collect all of the Pokemon that are going to be available, that's very compelling. I think that's good encouragement for playing through the event. Right, right. These these halfway in between stuff with like 10 Pokemon for what reward doesn't really matter that much. They're going to get done or they're not kind of thing, you know? For sure. I kind of wish they would expand on it so it did have more of a a weight to it. And if it does, it'll probably, okay, I think success with this feature outside of events like Kanto, like you said, this Kanto tour, I think success is going to rely on it really plugging in well with the whole seasons approach that they're doing. Yeah. I think something that would be really good to tweak this 
is if they really want to double down on seasons, improve them. Seasons have a very select amount of Pokemon that are spawning. That's kind of the thing. A collection thing could rotate around that. But instead of saying catch one of each of these, it could be for every 10 of this one you catch, you get an extra little bit. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So like every time you catch 10 Cub Chew in the winter, you get another thousand Stardust, you know? That doubles the amount of Stardust Cub Chew is worth for that season, for example. And then that would give you more encouragement to go out and encounter all the stuff you would be seeing all over the place already. Yeah, I think unequivocally, Stardust is an excellent carrot on a stick for just about anything. Well, but nothing really owns it right now. Well, that was, you know what I mean? That's just an example, though. If it was a more rare Pokemon... Like, for example, Gibble or Axew or something was spawning. Catch five of those, get 10 extra candy. Yeah. You know, oh, something like that. Something, it's not common, so you're not going to find very many, but it gives rewards for those who want to go out and grind or it just gives people rewards for who keep playing. And I think, to me, this feels like a natural progression to these collection challenges. I think you're right, right? And I think that the the added dimension of motivation to do it is there, right? Even though the Unova one was very, like we said before, kind of flat two-dimensional, was a base introduction to it, and now we've got the addition of Shadow, which is interesting for this one, and and hopefully to become even more complicated or more involved moving forward, or, or hopefully not. In your case, you, you didn't like that idea of it becoming more complicated originally. But when you did complete it, you did get a credit towards a medal, Right. And so that's there for people that are completionists like myself. I'm very interested in doing that mm -hmm. already. So the more complicated that these get, the more invested I'm going to be and the more I'm going to look forward to this sort of thing. So I think it's well on its way. I don't think I'd make any changes without first seeing what Niantic has planned for it already because I really feel like they have a greater plan in place for it moving forward, obviously. And then I think I'd probably reassess my answer later later down the line, probably post Canto tour. But right now my feelings are positive. I think it's great. I think it's an, it's another checklist for people like me that love checklists um, <laughs> and, and completing things. And so I'm all about it. Please more, more, more uh, any additions or changes I would make would be more, please. <laughs> so there we go. If you dear listener have an answer to the question, how do you feel about collection challenges in Pokemon go and any additions or changes you would make to it? You can answer the question we post on social, such as Facebook and or Twitter, or if you're a patron in our Discord server, more about Patreon and, and patronage at the end of the show. You can also send us a voicemail to 262-586-7717, or you can send us an email to mail at gocastpodcast.com. But before we get into the email slash voicemail section, we're going to pass it on over to our PvP corner experts, Fish and DeFiE. This week, they're going to be covering a couple of things. They're going to be talking about the deep dive for those new Pokemon moves that are going to be added that we covered in the... They're going to be covering the new Pokemon moves that have been added, as we covered last week, for the Season 6, mid-Season 6, rather, update for GBL. And they're also going to be talking about the Sylph All-Star Invitational. There were 56 battlers chosen, and Fish, our very own Fish, was one of the 56 chosen. That's super hype. So more about that. Over to you two. I am Fish Nahida. 
and I'm DeFi250. And this is PvP Corner, our weekly segment where we tell you all the things that are happening in Pokemon Go PvP and give you some helpful info to help you lift that game to the next level. DeFi, what's happening in PvP right now? Well, in Go Battle League, we are currently in the Great League up through Monday, January 25th. After that, we'll have two weeks of the Ultra League, both Ultra League and Premier. After that, then we have Master League. So we'll have Master League Open, Master League Premier, and Master League Classic. But wait, that's not all. We will also have a special themed cup during that Master League set of two weeks. We don't really know what it's going to be, but considering it's in mid-February, I'm thinking maybe a little bit of Valentine's Day love might be the theme. Maybe a little bit of self-rose cup kind of thing. Ooh, yeah. I don't know. Or just pink Pokemon in general. Or maybe couple Pokemon, like uh, Minin and Plusle, or Volbeat and Ilium. Oh, no, they're regionals. No, don't worry about that one. Let's use your idea. Okay. Then we'll have all the leagues, Great Ultra and Master. And then to finish up the season, we are going to do the Kanto Cup. Kanto Cup won't affect your ranking, so ranking will effectively end at the beginning of Kanto Cup. Another couple quick things to note is Frillish is a guaranteed encounter once you hit rank 20. And you can also see it in the reward tracks after that. Jellicent ranked 22 according to PV Poke in the Open Great League, so be sure to keep an eye out for that. I also want to mention that Elite Charge TMs and Elite Fast TMs are going to be more available now. At rank 19, you get an Elite Charge TM, and you'll also receive an Elite Fast TM as an end-of-season reward if you reach rank 19. So lots of good stuff. Yeah, and I want to add in a bit of a headline too. Um, For a couple of glorious hours, just after the move pool and new moves went live in the game, Primeape could learn weather ball water this was a mistake and it was quickly noticed and put a stop to by niantic and they also banned primate from gbl you can still use it in just trainer battles with friends but for now enjoy it while you've got it we can now move into our self check-in which is our all-star invitational and i have to say that I am so excited. We got how many people are gonna be in the Sylph Invitational. It's only 56. And our very own Fish on the Heater is one of those 56 battlers chosen. If that's not hype, I don't know what <laughs> Yeah, I'm stoked about it. I'm, I'm very impressed because like, if you look at some of the names that uh, were invited to this thing, it's a lot of the, the best battlers in the world and a lot of the most influential names in Pokemon Go PvP, and then there's little old weirdly named fish on a heater from Australia that no one's ever heard of, Um, and yeah, I I managed to get a spot too, so I'm so honoured about that. We can tell you a little bit more information now about what this All-Star Invitational is going to be. There are eight teams, each team has seven members, and those seven members are each specialists. What does that mean, Fish? Each member is a specialist. So it just means that each of the members of the team will have a particular area of PvP that they will be battling in. So there's going to be a Great League Specialist, an Ultra League Specialist, and a Master League Specialist. And there will also be four members who are what they call Battlefield Specialists. And a Battlefield is essentially the same thing as a Sylph Arena 
themed meta. So for this particular invitational, the battlefield is called the Floating City Battlefield, where only ground, flying, steel, or normal type Pokemon are allowed, and there's a lot of bands. Legendaries, Mythicals, Megas, Shadows, Regional Pokemon, and specific species Galarian, Stunfisk, Skarmory, Altaria, Bastiodon, and Registeel. That is a lot. It's all the big players. It'll really open up that meta. You can change the Pokemon that you use between rounds, but you can't change what your speciality is in between those rounds. So the person who'll be the Ultra League Specialist is going to be staying the Ultra League Specialist throughout the whole tournament. Looking at our timeline here, the preliminaries are going to take place January 17th to 19th, so that'll be all eight teams. Those are going to be eliminated down to the semifinals, four teams, January 20th to January 22nd. And then the finals are going to take place January 23rd and 24th. We are very excited to be giving you updates here this month at PvP Corner. But if you want to catch the action in other places, be sure to follow the Sylph Arena as well as some of your favorite battlers on Twitter, Facebook, Discord, any of those socials. You'll be able to find some updates. And now into our deep dive. We promised that we would bring a little bit more info on the new moves added to Pokemon and the updates to existing moves. And before we get into it, we just want to make an overall comment about it. Uh, We think this has been a really well done, balanced update. In the past, when Pokemon have gotten updates to their moves or moveset, it's been a massive massive change it's kind of sent pokemon way up to the top of the rankings where they were formerly (laughs) you know not even heard of now they're not doing that they're just giving you a little bit more to think about giving you a little more options and functionality with each of these pokemon you can mix and match the moves depending on what you want from the pokemon so i think it's been really well done diva i agree one example of this where the moves weren't too broken or too nerfed is Cantonian and Alolan Vulpix and Ninetales. They got Fire and Ice type Weather Ball respectively, and that doesn't change too much about how you're going to be using those Pokemon. Also, Porygon 2 got Tri-Attack, which is neat, I guess. That's also not going to change that I'm not going to use Porygon 2 at all. (laughs) Yeah, I don't think it's going to suddenly make everyone rush to bring out their Porygon 2s into battle. Some other interesting Pokemon are Primeape. Um, It got Ice Punch, and it's really not going to break that Pokemon. It gives it some nice coverage against the flying types that would otherwise really kick its butt. But, you know, Ice Punch isn't really that strong a move. Against Altaria, which is, as we know, double weak to Ice, it's going to do around uh, just a bit under 60% damage to an Altaria, which is a lot, don't get me wrong. But when you compare that to a Sky Attack from an Altaria will do 80% damage to a Primate plus all the Dragon Breath damage in between. And here's a fun thing I learned. Against Noctowl with the flying normal typing, Close Combat still does more damage by a lot than Ice Punch, even though Ice Punch is super effective. So it's really just a neat little extra thing you can play with. Claydol's another one. Uh, It got Ice Beam and Shadow Ball. And I wrote here on my notes, I'm not angry, just disappointed. <laughs> because like I was expecting a lot of things from Claydol, and it just doesn't add many more raw wins. A lot of the wins that it's getting with those moves, it was already getting with Confusion and Earth Power. So it's really just extra stuff to play with. 
The two most notable Pokemon are Excadrill and Politoed. First off, with Excadrill, it still beats Togekiss, just like we promised in Master League. Even though Rock Slide was nerfed just a touch, it's still gonna win against that Togekiss. Also, for some reason, Politoed is now rank 7, and Shadow Politoed is ranked 8 in the Open Great League meta with water type Weather Ball, which we weren't really expecting. Water type Weather Ball is not that much better than its prior move of Surf, but it's spicy, it's interesting, and it's something new. Those two are definitely the two biggest changes that we noticed. So along with some Pokemon getting new moves, obviously some existing moves were updated. And to talk about this, we're going to use a little bit of math. Don't worry, it's not Kyle level math. We're not going to blow your mind and and tune you out. Uh, It's just a little thing that we need to put everything into context. And these numbers are DPT and EPT. DPT means damage per turn, and it's exactly what it sounds like. It's the amount of damage that a move does per turn, which is equal to half a second. EPT, same thing, the amount of energy you're getting per turn or per half a second. When you're talking about these numbers, an average number is around three. If a move has three DPT or EPT, we'd say that's about average. So let's put that into context with our first move, Ember. This fire type fast attack is now dealing more damage. It has a higher DPT and it has three energy per turn, EPT. To compare it, Water Gun and Dragon Breath both have three EPT, energy per turn. Water Gun has three damage per turn, and Dragon Breath has four damage per turn. All of that to say that now Ember is a little bit better than Water Gun, but not quite as good as Dragon Breath. Karate Chop is another move that got more energy. It was generating seven energy each time you used it. Now it's generating eight. So that puts it at a two and a half DPT and a 4 EPT, so below average damage, but above average energy. This makes it an exact clone of Powder Snow and Vine Whip, so we all know what Powder Snow and Vine Whip can do, and Karate Chop is now a fighting version of that. Another thing that's happened because of that is that Machoke has jumped up in the Great League rankings, and Shadow Magmortar has actually jumped up a bit in Great League and Ultra League, so that's a little interesting. Speaking of the rankings, don't worry, you don't need to shed any tears over Azu. Azu has only moved from number one in Open Ranked to number two in Open Great League. Bubble now does slightly less damage. It has this really unique number of two and a third DPT over three and a third EPT. Very... Very interesting. (laughs) Azumarill, now that it's nerfed, it does lose now some key meta matchups. If it's running Ice Beam and Hydro Pump, it loses Driftblim and Registealed in the 1v1. The Play Rough and Hydro Pump version loses a lot more. It now loses Driftblim, Lapras, Munchlax, and Whiskash. And speaking of not shedding a tear, Razorleaf, still good. It It was formerly the highest damage move in the game with a DPT of 5.66. That's huge. Now, it's just an even 5. And that brings it from the most damaging move in the game to a lowly second, (laughs) just after Charm. So, Shadow Razor Leafers can still beat 
Pokemon like Registeel and Fighting types in the two shield scenarios. The only real loss that I could find in the one shield that was really significant was Gallade. It still takes the same amount of Razor Leafs to take out a fully grown Swampert, and that is five for <laughs> a bit of trivia, but yeah, it's still just as good even with that lower damage from Razor Leaf. We're almost done with math and acronyms, I promise. Last acronym we need to talk about now that we're done talking about fast moves, we're talking about charge moves, is damage per energy or DPE. In PvP, we love our low energy moves rather than good DPE. So really high good DPE isn't necessarily always a good thing. Think about Hyper Beam. How often do you use Hyper Beam? It has a great DPE, super great damage per energy, but it takes so long to get to that we often don't use it unless you're on team hashtag get beamed. An average DPE is about 1.55. So one charge move that was adjusted was Crab Hammer. It's a water type charged attack that is exclusive only to Kingler and Crawdorn. It was doing 75 damage, now it's doing 85, and that brings it up to a 1.7 DPE. So that is definitely above average, and it's fairly similar to Sludge Wave. That's the kind of usage you're going to get out of it. Kingler and Crawdorn still aren't that great Pokemon, even with the buff. They're probably a little too glassy for that, but they can work as a bit of a surprise pick. Sometimes it's really effective throwing in a Pokemon that your opponent hasn't seen before and doesn't know how to deal with. So if you want to use them, you can get that kind of effect from them. Last but not least, we have Sky Attack, Rock Slide, and Shadow Bone. All three of these charge moves now deal a little bit less damage. It was 80 and now 75. Each one of them has a 1.6 DPE, so they're all still above average, and all the Pokemon that rely on these charge moves are still really good. So for example, in both Great League and Ultra League, now with XL, Skarmory's rank 34. It's still up there. Altaria's at 16 in Great League, Galarian Stunfisk, no surprises. It's number three in Grope in Great League, number five with the XL and Ultra League. Shadow Machamp is still up at, at 14 in Great League. Slid a little bit down in Ultra, but I'm not shedding any tears over it. So that's it for today. Hopefully we did a good job of fitting as much information we could into a small amount of time. If you have any feedback or questions that you want us to cover, Hit us up at mail at gocastpodcast.com or on Twitter. We respond there and we will see you guys next week. Thank you, Fish and DeFi-E for another wonderful PPP Corner segment. Alrighty. That means it's time for the one and only section. Which section is it? It starts with an E. It ends with a male and it's pronounced like emails and some voicemails we're gonna do all of those both of those that's all of them just those two starting off with some voicemails this first one is from tyler hey what's up guys this is tyler um i'm a new listener i think your show is awesome i just wanted to share some uh shinies that i got my uh go plus has like come in clutch for me over the last couple days um yeah. so starters i caught a uh shiny ho-oh 
which I'm really happy about. And then my Go Plus over the New Year's and over the holiday event was it just I don't know what is up with my Go Plus right now because it is just like giving me loads and loads of shinies. Nice. I caught four shiny bronze ore. What? I what? finally got <laughs> a shiny Pikachu hat. I, I've yeah. been looking for one forever, so I got the holiday, uh, the New Year's Pikachu hat. I also got three of the Slowpoke, the New Year's Slowpoke. What? With the 2020 glasses. That's insane. I got a shiny Benary, three shiny Snovers, and a shiny Lapras. I had to drop a book off of my library here in town, and a Lapras popped up, and I found a shiny Lapras. That wasn't Go Plus related, but still. And then my best catch over the Christmas event, I am so happy I got this. I got a 15-15-15 deli bird just randomly. I clicked on one, and <laughs> it was a shiny deli bird. I caught it, and I checked the IVs, and it's perfect. And I about my lid man i was oh my gosh but you guys are awesome i enjoy your podcast a lot it gets me through my day at work or on a drive just keep up the good work guys thank you so much and uh, i do have a question uh if you guys could have any shiny hundo shiny what shiny would you have and why thank you guys Uh, that's a good question, especially because we just talked about IVs earlier in the show. Uh, uh, you know, I like the idea of having a hundo shiny or a shundo, uh, because then I can just like, without a shred of guilt, just invest all my resources into it. (laughs) Right. So I, I would really, I guess if I had my pick of the litter, a shiny 100% Mewtwo would be pretty sweet. Yeah, that's that's definitely up there. I think for me, a shiny 100% Kyogre. Oh, yeah. I love the pink whale. I have like a 96%, but it's not 100. Ooh, close. It's, it's so, close. It was so close. So I would love a Shundo for Kyogre a lot. That's awesome. Yeah. Tyler, you've, you've got some good luck. You've got some Mitch-level shiny luck right there. That's That's quite incredible. Did you go on a camping trip? It sounds like it. <laughs> Four bronze or yeah, four bronze or good for you. That keep that go plus going. Give that go plus a raise is what you should be doing. But anyway, thank you for your voicemail. The sex one's from Rocket Man. Hey Kyle and Chris, this is Rocket Man calling in for team voicemail. Team voicemail. And um, I liked the question you guys got last week about how you would rank the various Pokemon games. Um, and the anime and all that. So I just kind of wanted to weigh in on that myself. I, um, I'm a main series games kind of guy. Um, so number one for me would definitely be those. I still regularly play Crystal, especially. Um, I finished a playthrough of Emerald not too long ago. Nice. Uh, and yeah, I got a thing of heart gold going on. So those are kind of where my heart lies and have ever since I was little. Um, yeah, there's just something about them that draws me to them. Um, number two, I would think, is probably the TCG. 
Because, uh-huh. you know, kind of the same thing nostalgia-wise. Started collecting them when I was little and still have, you know, big old box of my cards from when I was young and recently got back into it and whatnot. And I've just, I, I just, card games really kind of draw my attention. Um, and then thirds, probably Pokemon Go. Yeah, buddy. <laughs> because I do, I do kind of love the global aspect of it and, and the community aspect of it and just the, um, the differences between that and the, and the main series games. Um, it's also something I don't like about it from time to time, but I digress. Uh, and then the anime is kind of just, uh, it's kind of just in there. I, I did like <laughs> the original series when I was young and I watch it with my daughter now and she loves it. And, you know, so I, I, I do like a lot of the anime, but it's, it's never kind of been in the forefront of my, of my Pokemon love. Um, and then kind of just the other stuff after that collecting and, and whatnot. But anyway, that's, uh, that's just kind of what I wanted to weigh in on. I thought it was a great question and, um, hope you guys are having a good week and yeah, keep doing what you're doing. So I think it's, it's kind of easy when you're engaging with all these other things as an adult to treat them as an adult product, right? Regardless, like Pokemon Go can be seen largely as an adult game because you're rewarded for high mobility when things are normal, obviously uh, free access to a car and disposable income, right? It just increases gameplay. But when you're watching the anime, you're constantly reminded that it's aimed at children. Yeah. You know, yeah. and, and so I, I kind of totally understand that being the fourth pick it was for me too. And for a similar reason, it's not that I dislike it. It's just that I'm able to suspend disbelief and take the other aspects of Pokemon a little bit more seriously without being constantly reminded when they say, you know, some sort of flat dialogue about being excited. <laughs> I don't know. It's the, the frying pan into a drying pan thing, stuff like that. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> <laughs> it's difficult to get away with that when you're watching the anime, I suppose. I definitely, I definitely can see where that, that comes from considering I haven't watched the anime in 15 years. <laughs> oh man, you should watch some of the new stuff. The, the, the new animation for some of the fight scenes is incredible. I just, Pokemon doesn't work as an anime for me. It's just doesn't make any sense. Personally, like monster <laughs> right. fight, animes they don't they don't work for me shouting instructions and stuff to the monster as it's fighting just it takes me out but now beyblade you're all about that right when it was brand new i was all about that (laughs) it made no sense at all absolutely none (laughs) but the toys were pretty sick they were awesome and you couldn't do anything with them except spin them as very fancy tops Yes, but they had heavy metal parts in them. They could do some yeah, you, damage. Yeah, you would take someone's eye out with them if they bounced against each other the wrong way. Absolutely. It was but anyway, awesome. Thanks for the voicemail, Rocket Man. This next one's from Joe. Let it rip. Good evening, Chris and Kyle. This is Joe checking in from usually sunny Orlando, Florida, but today quite overcast. Hope you guys are having a delightful week and a delightful start to your 2021. Uh, sorry for the potato quality audio. Um, I'm still trapped at the office currently and, uh, 
unable to uh, leave a message with anything other than uh, walking around outside. Um, my question for you gentlemen today is uh, if you had a superpower, one, what is the most practical superpower you can have? Not your favorite, but the most practical. For me, it's telekinesis because I would be a professional basketball player who has the <laughs> highest three-point shooting percentage of all time. True. So that's what I think uh, would be the most practical um, superpower. And uh, I don't know what you guys think about that. And my second question, which is, you know, much more serious, is if you guys were to switch favorite types, if Chris were suddenly the ghost king and if Kyle were the bug maniac, what are your favorite Pokemon of each other's types? What are your least favorite Pokemon of each other's types? Not trying to be divisive, but, you know, maybe maybe there'll be good a uh, good discussion from it. Anyway, you guys have a delightful Tuesday night. And um, I love all of you, except you, Justin. <laughs> nice. Love a good zinger on the voicemail. Oh, my gosh. Um, so there's two questions. There's the one question about the superpower, what we think is most practical, and then our favorite and least favorite of each other's favorite types. Yeah, let's, let's do the type one first. Okay. C- can we can, can we both answer Shedinja? <laughs> Oh, uh, yeah, but but I don't dislike Shedinja. No, it's your favorite. Oh, yeah, yeah. That was that was going to be my favorite. (laughs) Oh, oh, okay. That was going to be my favorite. I'm sorry. You no, uh, uh, no. That that's supposed to be my loophole, not yours. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, okay. No, we can we can both say Shedinja. I think for our it's not it's not my. It's not my favorite body. Okay. So all right. I just, it was funny because it's the only overlap between the two types. Right. Right. Favorite bug is tough for me because I really don't like that many of them. I'm really, I'm like okay with a lot of them, but none of them just jump out at me. Sure. I think my favorite bug type is Scroopy. Ooh, that's a good pick. It would be Drapion, but Drapion is not a bug. Right. So, can't be Drapion. That's also my complaint is that Drapion is not a bug. But honestly, that's good because it saves it from having horrible base stats. So <laughs> stop it. It's true. I hate that you're right. I hate that you're right. But you're 100 percent correct. All right. So for me, Shininja, for you, Skarupi, for favorites of each other's types, right? Mm-hmm. So for least favorites, I would probably say for ghosts, probably Runa Grigus. Yeah, that's fair. I was not I was not into that when that came out. I, I think Cofagrigus is so cool. And I think Runagrigus, yeah. I'm, I'm, I think I'm saying it wrong. It's such a neat concept that I just don't like the way it's designed. And so I'm just like, eh, it's like I'm super eh about it. I think ghost type is a sweet type. I'm a big fan of it. It's definitely in my top five, maybe even three types for sure. But that one in particular, I'm just like, eh. every other ghost. I'm like, yeah, I can jive with this. Yeah, that's fair. I, I can get behind on that. I think for me, it's probably it's one that's not out in Go yet, and it's Charge a Bug. You don't like Charge a Bug? I don't like Grubbin or Charge a Bug. I don't like the whole line, but it's so cute. It's just a rectangle. It's a subway car. Yeah, but it's it's just a rectangle. So what? <laughs> 
I I think most other bugs have very good designs for what they are, and it's not. Gasly's a ball. But he's a ball of gas. <laughs> and it fits with being the ghost. Charger Bug is is a box. Also, also but he's, he's a two bug. things. He's two things. He's a ball and he's gas. He's not just one. <sighs> okay, okay, yeah, but Charger Bug is is a rectangle and a bug. No. No, he's just a bug that is a rectangle. It's, it's the no. same thing as a gas I, that's also a, a, a circle. <laughs> no. What? I'm, I, I'm standing by this one. I don't like Charger Bug. All right. Okay. All right. That's fair it's enough. It's <laughs> fair enough. It's the only what? It, it's the only bug where I look at it and I say I don't like it. Okay. I understand. That and maybe Dupiter. Dupiter's kind of silly. Oh, Dupiter is neat, but though, it, in concept. Yeah, yeah, it's it's cute, but it's it's silly. Yeah, definitely. All right, so now most practical superpower. Most practical superpower is got to be something like mind related, something like mind reading or something. Like be, yeah, being psychic or or something to do with being able to memorize or learn anything at will. Oh, I, I bet you if I looked deep enough, you could find an X-Men with that power. So that would probably be my answer. OK, uh, mine's just going to be teleportation, because think about how much time you spend moving around, going places, driving places, walking across the room, walking across your apartment or your house to go to the bathroom, moving from room to room, go, visiting grandma's house. It's an hour away one way. I mean, think about it. But without committing a crime, how do you make a life out of that? You don't have to make a life out of it. The, it was just a practical one. It, it's practical like, because it's, it replaces teleportation or uh, transportation. Uh, okay. Yeah, it's highly practical. My other one was going to be time control because time is a finite resource that you can't make more of. And so being able to control that is incredibly practical because everything we have in value is associated with time spent, time given. And if you can control time, you can control pretty much everything. That's that's fair. That's definitely one of my answers. But it's like you got to think about all the potential repercussions and, and all the kind of stuff like that. And you're just that's like, true. OK, maybe we'll like keep it safe. Yeah, that's that's fair enough. But anyway, thank you for the great voicemail there, Joe. This next one's from Mick. Greetings, gentlemen. Mick the Marvel here representing 2018 voicemail again. Um, not sure if I'm going to get this in in time for this week's episode as it's like five past six right now. But I wanted to. Give it a shot anyway. Um, not much to say other than I've got an issue, and I want to know what you guys, um, what you guys think about this, or, or how would you go about uh, correcting this? So um, I need to to go through my friends list, and um, you know, there's people on there that I've friended and maybe exchanged a few gifts, but are inactive. Um, what's the best way that you guys have found to filter through those? so that you can make room for other people. Um, just really want to be able to, to connect with others who are, who are actively looking to, you know, raid and all that stuff. And I definitely need to um, spend the herd, so to speak. So any insight would be greatly appreciated from the both of you. So hope you have a great week and looking forward to listening to the episode. All right, I've got a good answer for this because I do this all the time because I sit at a comfortable 199 at all times uh, for friends. Because fun fact, if you sit at 200, you can't collect new friend requests. You have to be at 199. I'm not sure if they fixed that or not, but that's just how I live my life. 
When I'm looking to remove somebody, first of all, I take a look. Are they tagged with the GoCast tag? If so, they stay. But beyond that, yep. <laughs> if I see that their most recent caught Pokemon is a raid boss from five raid bosses ago, out they go. <laughs> they clearly haven't played for a while. If the last thing they caught was a shiny Rayquaza, good for them. See you later. Y- yeah, that's fair. Yep. I'm going to say that I'm no help here because I don't think I've pretty much ever removed somebody from a friends list. <laughs> really? <laughs> I, I've removed people that I know for sure have quit the game because I know them. But other than that, everybody who's on my friends list was added for a reason. And then I never went to go look to see if they're still playing. Do, do you have you don't have a full friends list, do you? No, I don't. I have 133. What an exclusive club. I'm honored. Goodness <laughs> me. Wow. I mean, I add I add everybody who who adds me like I don't say I never say no to somebody unless I have no clue who they are. God, how how did this happen? How did I get stuck? I've been at like 200, <laughs> almost 200 for like a year and a half. How did this happen? Well, well Chris, we, we've already addressed this whenever we go out in person. Everybody approaches you. <laughs> You are you are apparently the approachable one. That's true. That's true. When we would have like raid days, like when we were doing the legendary dogs and I had that plan. They're like, that guy looks like he has a plan. Mind if I come along? I'm like, absolutely. Like, who is this person? Yeah. Yeah. Hey, it's a good it's a good time. But you're right. There is the downside of having a perpetually full friends list and it kind of stinks. But there you go. Anyway, I hope that answers your question, Mick. And that's it for the voicemails. That means that we're going into the last final section that we have, which is the second half of the final section that we have. Oh my gosh, that was that didn't make any sense. It's it's the email portion of the email section. And this first one is from Richard. Hi, Kyloram and Chris Chu. I love it. This is my first email. I've been listening since August. Cowboy Hat Caterpie seems to be pretty popular in the Goldcast community, so I decided to make a petition. Oh no, if you if you only knew how divisive it is. <laughs> I'm not a Patreon yet, so I cannot share it in the Discord. I appreciate if you guys helped. I participated in the December Community Day and did a few raids. During the December Community Day, I got a shiny Magikarp, which I already have like 15 of, and a shiny Charmander. I evolved my perfect Blaziken, my three-star Magikarp, and my perfect Turtwig. Now, my Gyarados is ready for the Master League. It has Dragon Breath, Aqua Tail, and Hydro Pump, and is around 3,000 CP. Nice. It was a good day overall, but I don't like grinding for a long time. During the Swindon Spotlight Hour, I finally got a Shiny. I evolved my three-star one, though, because the Shiny was super low CP. That's about it. I'm looking forward to Groudon and a Kyogre. I only started playing last year. Well, you're in luck. They're, they're coming around. My Mega Venusaur and Mega Blastoise are ready. Nice. I have a few last questions. Do you guys think milk should go first or the cereal? All right, let's and let's enter these one at a time because there's more after this. Do you think milk should go first or the cereal, Kyle? Cereal. Cereal first for me, too. Absolutely. What do you guys think about Shadow Houndoom overall in PvP and raids? I have a three-star that I TM'd, but I don't know what to do with it. It's a pretty good dark-type attacker, so that's a good use for it. It's still outshone by other shadow dark types but it does better than any non-shadow except for dark rye and mega houndoom gotcha you mean mr dark type himself mr dark type yes he's got the <laughs> horns to prove it <laughs> very very true very very true thanks have a great week oops i almost forgot goals kyle i hope you get above zero percent this week well you're in luck he did he killed it this week <laughs> my goals for this week eat an apple every day shiny lillipup 100,000 Stardust, level 40 at the end of next year. I'm at level 33 right now. And get excellent buddy with my Blaziken, the four-star one. 
And then uh, we got a second email uh, later on in the week because this first email came in, I believe, the day after we recorded. So it was almost kind of like a pseudo week. So here's how the goals went. Eat an apple every day. Yes. Do apple slices count? Absolutely. They do. Uh, shiny little pup. Yeah, buddy. First spotlight hour shining. Nice work. Yeah. 100,000 stardust. Yes. Get an excellent buddy with the blaze again. Nope. Halfway there. Oh, it does take a while. Three out of four. I hope I beat you, Chris and slash or Kyle. Well, you beat me for sure. You beat Kyle, technically, percentage-wise. You beat Kyle. Absolutely. <laughs> this week's goal. No Sprite for a week. Health goal time, Brotino. Nice callback. Get my hounding <laughs> to 2,500 CP. Best buddies with one of my friends. Get two best buddies. Max out my Dragonite level 40, not XL. Oh, no. Don't, don't, even, don't even look at the XL yet. Mm-mm. Don't do it. And then uh, there's a link for the petition, which I think I'll try sharing, although I'm not quite sure if a few people are going to sign it. I will. And PPS, I haven't ever eaten a Kit Kat before. What does it taste like? It tastes like freedom that you can take in your hand and uh, you can break the bonds of social norms and eat it whatever way you wish. Despite the fact that they've clearly defined how they want you to eat it, you don't have to do that. It it tastes like freedom. It does. No, you, you have to do that because otherwise you're a monster. And society will shun you for it. Look, all right. I don't expect everybody to understand uh, what's happening with that. I I get it, but it's a personal choice. And I'm going to live my life over here. And you can live your life over there, Mr. Stay in the lines with my Kit Kats. I understand. Bye for now. Thank you for the email there, Richard. Really appreciate it. Next email is from Ryan. And they asked, if you could create an event around a Pokemon theme, what would you choose? I would use a dog theme featured Pokemon like Growlithe, Houndour, Lillipup, and Electrike. Put in a couple in one-star raids, Arcanine, Lucario, and Stoutland in three-star raids, three legendary dogs in five-star raids, and Houndoom for the Mega. Your thoughts on this and ideas would be great. Thank you guys for the awesome show every week. Ta-ta for now. That's a pretty good idea. I like, I like that kind of theming of an event. Yeah, I like that. It too. gives a nice variety. So if not dogs, what would you choose, Kyle? It's a hard question. Is it? Yeah, for me, it is. I choose bugs. <laughs> That's not. We get bug events all the time. It That's doesn't true. count. That's true. That's true. Uh, how about a parasite theme? Paris uh, and Parasect. And then uh, Shelmet and Carablast, like, you know, ones that have interactions like that where they, you know, have relationships where one is kind of being parasitic to the other or taking advantage of it. Like Sneasel will be a good pick because it eats the eggs of other Pokemon, right? Okay, I can I can get behind that. Can we get just like a color theme one? <laughs> sure. <Just laughs> all, you know, yellow Pokemon or... It would be a boosted shiny event where all of the shinies are yellow only. They're all green. No, green's not allowed. That's just every shiny, on. every shiny. <laughs> It'd be like 450 of the 870 that exist. We've had a pink one before. We did that for Valentine's we Day. Did. We get pink Pokemon. We did. That was that was good. And I just like that. That's a fun kind of event to have for just like a weekend or five days or something like that. Yeah, absolutely. Do you want to say thank you for this one? You want me? It just because you just, usually do. Oh, just say just thanks and then move on. Okay. Yeah. Yep. Anyways, thanks for the email and the question, Ryan. And the next email is from TJ. And they asked, and they said, Hey, go casters. I wanted to share some of my 2020 goals and how I did. Maybe make Kyle feel a little better about how he did on his goals. 
and set up some new goals for 2021. My 2020 goals. Catch a shiny, purified, or shadow Pokemon. I didn't do that. Hit level 40. I'm currently about 37 and a half. Oh, close. Ooh. Complete Johto decks. I'm missing Heracross, Corsola, and Raikou. Hey, that's pretty good, considering two of those are regionals. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Complete Hoenn decks. I'm missing nine Pokemon. Considering probably five of those are regional, I'd say that's still pretty good. Max out Pokemon storage. I did that, but then they increased it again. <laughs> <laughs> and that's, that's the great, yeah, that's absolutely the great struggle. I would also say really quick, you can't exactly finish the Hoenix because Kecleon's not out. Yeah, but let's, I, I assume when we talk about it, it's like, yeah, no Kecleon. So mm-hmm. <laughs> no one can have Kecleon. Max out item storage. No. Get at least one shiny from every community day. I actually did do that one thanks to the to the December community day consisting of all the 2020 community days. Nice. Good deal. Nice. Have a total of 1 million stardust. Not even close. I was at about 400,000. What are you at now? It's it's a grind. It's tough to hold on to Stardust. I have I have more Stardust than I've ever had in this game right now. What do you have? Two point two million. Wow! <laughs> wow, you've got more than me, dude. I, I'm at one point nine, and I just no matter how much I try, don't let this fool you. I could go right now, and I could spend all of it. It yeah. would take me maybe five minutes to go find what I would want to spend it on. Absolutely. I just haven't. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Lastly, have 100 shinies total. On the last day of 2020, I had 99. The next day, I caught a shiny Ho-Oh. Oh, <gasps> it doesn't count, though. Oh, no, but oh, I kind of I love it. I like how number 100 was a shiny Ho-Oh. That's a sweet shiny to get. Yep, it's good shiny. Now, for some 2021 goals. I'm going to shoot for level 39. 750,000 total Stardust at any one point in the year. And 150 total shinies. I'm also going to try for a total of three platinum catch medals. I'm currently at zero, but I'm less than 100 away from platinum normal medal. Nice. I like ice types the way Chris likes bug and Kyle likes ghost. So I'm going to try to get some more perfect ice types. I currently only have Lapras. And maybe start powering them up. I'm going to set myself the get at least one shiny from every community day goal again as well. Keep up the good work, TJ. Those are some good goals. Those are some good achievable goals. <laughs> yes, they are. And therefore, not goals we would set for ourselves. Yeah. <laughs> no, I think those are super realistic. And I really think, in particular, the 750,000 total stardust at any point in the year is very realistic and, and very good to do because you don't want to pressure yourself to at the end of December. After December is historically rather exciting and trying to give you things that you want to invest in. You don't want to have to wait. You know what I mean? So it's good to do that up front instead of being like, I want a million on December 31st. Well, you want to spend that Stardust probably on December 31st. You know what I mean? So I like that. Way to go. This next one's from Tony. Hi, GoCast team. It's just the two of us and Fish and DeFi as well. I'll let them know you said hi. Thanks for producing the cast and creating a welcoming community. This is my first email, so as a brief intro, I started playing when the game launched in July 2016, but quit after a couple of weeks. I re-downloaded it in November 2020 after Electabuzz Day, but before Magmar Day. What an interesting time to hop back in. A lot has changed, so I'm relying on info from casts like yours and others in the Pokemon Professor Network. Our buddies! 
Thanks. On a recent cast, I heard another new community member say they were re-listening to your cast, so I know I'm not the only one relying on you all for catching up. I have a lot of thoughts, but the sake of brevity, I'll spread them out in the future emails I hope to send. Starting my commentary, which is three recent polls slash topics. I had to join hashtag team email because the KitKat guy is so diligent in pronouncing punctuation. Pausing where I assume emailers wrote commas or an ellipses and adding emphasis where I'm assuming there are exclamation points. Actually, Kyle might be even better at this, but I'll leave that up to you to debate. Wait, so I'm the KitKat guy and you're Kyle? <laughs> when did I get promoted to KitKat guy? I think this is an improvement from Chris. I think Chris. that's like demotion of the highest caliber. No, dude, Chris is such a vanilla name. KitKat guy is unique. I'm a, I'm a fan of that. Uh, Pokepole, regarding popular Pokemon that I dislike, Stunfisk and Obstagoon. Maybe it's just their <sighs> overuse in Great League, but I think it's more likely the poor aesthetics because I don't mind over-overused Pokemon like Swampert, Azumarill, Skarmory, Alola Marowak, etc. Stunfisk looks like the game was remastered from 2D and they forgot to update to 3D. Obstagoon looks like a failed collaboration between Animorphs and Kiss. The Gucci North Face collab is much better. <laughs> I have hurt. I've hurt so much. Obstagoon is sick. I think we're both I love Obstagoon. Dis- we're both gonna disagree with you there. Obstagoon is pretty sick. Yeah. Uh, I also don't get the excessive excitement with shinies. Maybe if you play the game for collection purposes, but since spawns for collection are really out of our control, I prefer the competitive pieces. GBL, gyms, etc competitive gyms <laughs> and would take proper ivs any day over a shiny next emails will be shorter thanks again for making the cast tony aka trader shadow con okay well there's a lot of hot takes in here and uh, i'd be willing to go toe to toe with with each of them as we kind of did here St- i'll give you stun fisk i'll give you stun fisk but don't come for obstagoon and think we're just gonna let it happen yeah galera mm-hmm. uh, regular stun fisk is goofy Galarian Stunfisk is pretty good, though. Yeah, I'm a fan of Galarian Stunfisk. I like that its mouth looks like a Pokeball, dude. Yes. Oh, it's it so got cool. me. It got me the first time. Dude, me too. The main series game. I was like, ooh, Pokeball. Oh, you. <laughs> <laughs> it's good. It's good design. Obstagoon is. No, I'm a hard disagree. Yeah, non-negotiable. It's, it's such a good design. <laughs> Very cool. Very cool. Too cool for school. But thank you for the email there, Tony. Next email is from Steven. They said, Chris, Kyle, Steven, I've listened to the podcast for several months now. I started Pogo on July 27th, 2020. I'm now halfway through level 39. Way to go. Woohoo! I had some questions I didn't hear covered on the last episode. You went over Elite TMs and Jellicent as Go Badly rewards at rank 19. So what do I do? I'm level 20, nearly 21. 1940 rating at the moment i want my level 19 rewards will they be retroactive uh the answer is no but the answer is no hi there chris from the future here doing the edit you know kyle and i were dead wrong about this it turns out according to well the truth and defy e one of our pvp experts turns out that if you're above the threshold level for the frillish encounter Let's say you're rank 22. All you have to do is complete a set and you'll have a guaranteed frillish encounter. So that's good news. There's there's more to the email, though. Anyways, love the show and everything y'all do. Thanks for the content. My Go Battle League, 
if interested, and this is specifically to Kyle, is Azumero slash Skarmory, Superior slash Swoobat, and Galarian Stunfisk. Ooh, Swoobat's a good one. Interesting. Interesting. I have not heard about the Swoobat. The rest of them I, I've known about and I've thought about. And I think DeFi and Fish touched on the Superior one last week or the week before a little bit. Superior's got some killer coverage. It does. It does. And I use moves I prefer, not sets on PV poke. Sometimes they overlap, of course. So advice to Kyle for rank 19. Find a team you enjoy using, even if it's awful, and find a way to win. Octazuka, Muddy Water, Leaf Tornado. Some of my favorite moves that are amazing shield presses with debuffs. Anyway, that's a novel. Sincerely, <laughs> Steven, the one, two, three kid. I love it. Also, yeah. the one of the best sign-offs ever. Anyway, that's a novel. One of the shortest emails we've read today, and, uh, <laughs> and you thought it was too short, but no, I, I love uh, that. That said, I'm all for finding the moves you like to use in PvP. I used Hydro Pump on Azumarill for a very long time. I still liked it a lot. It's, it's hard to argue with Ice Beam, but in play rough. it's what I use now. Yep. Mm-hmm. So, <laughs> I'll dude. I'll tell you what. The other day, I, I played against an Osmoral that used Hydro Pump and just wrecked me. So there is that. There is that. Yeah, yeah. If you don't expect the Hydro Pump, you're you're done. You lose. If oh. you don't shield it, it's over. <laughs> Nobody ever expects the Hydro Pump. Exactly. Uh, anyway, thank you for the email, Stephen. This next one's from Mathoris. Greetings. First, goals. I had one goal this week, and it was to listen to the podcast in the four-day time window needed to email for the next one. Check. Since this is not a goal I achieve often, I had a few things I wanted to bring up. I really enjoyed Kyle's breakdown of the catch rate during Gear Up. I'm all about math, and tying the math to my real experiences in the game is great. I don't know if anyone yeah. else feels this, <laughs> but when catching a Pokemon that seems like it should be easy and it keeps breaking out, I start to suspect ditto. And I turn out to be right more often than never. I did the math and using a great ball, great curveball throw, gold medal at a level 20 Gratita is a 93.2% catch rate. The same for a ditto is a 59.8% catch rate. The game shows mm-hmm. the color circle of the Rattata, so seeing it break out three times in a row makes a lot more sense given those number numbers, which I hopefully got right. Next, I have a bad suggestion for Kyle. Oh, nice. What if, to save some time in GBL battles, you use a triple shadow team? More damage taken, more damage received, faster matches, right? No idea if this could actually work. Maybe a question for Fish and DeFi-E. I assume your win rate would go down, but it would allow you to get more matches in more quickly. Plus, it could be a fun project. It's hard to argue with that. Now, see, here's there's one slight problem. This would require me to have shadow Pokemon that have frustration TM'd away. Kyle, we had so many opportunities. Well, I don't do I don't do shadow stops, so I don't I haven't gotten any of the like relevant ones. I've gotten a handful, you know, I've gotten some Machops and and some Sableye and stuff like that. But a majority of them are bad Pokemon like Stunky and stuff. So I just don't save them. Do you appraise each of your shadow Pokemon to check for PvP IVs? Yeah, yeah, I, I always do. But okay, all right. I also know which of them are more relevant in PvP and I just don't happen to get a lot of those because I enough. don't do very many. Fair enough, fair enough. Uh, finally, I have to chime in on the Snivy conversation. I understand, but don't agree with the sentiment. You can talk about precedent all you'd like, but the complaint feels like it boils down to, I have to play the game more to get what I want. The thing about spending a lot of time on something is that when you get it, it feels that much more rewarding. My original starter in Pokemon Blue was Bulbasaur, and he remains in a special place in my heart. 
I missed his community day and have been hunting for a shiny ever since. When I finally get it, it will feel so much more meaningful than if I was guaranteed him on community day. It would actually make me sad if he was brought back for another community day as that would spoil the work I put into the skull. I know this mindset is not common amongst most of the community, but I think it can but I think if you can appreciate the feeling of accomplishing a long fought for goal, it could increase your enjoyment of the game. So you know that's what I'm talking about. Whoa, that's the on. right that's, mindset. That's too wholesome for me to to take part in. <laughs> I love it. Yes, absolutely. Two goals for the week. I haven't finished 50 kilometers in a week twice in a row now. So I want to ensure that I hit that 10 kilometer egg this week for a chance at Noibat. And I want to finish the collection challenge for the Seno event. Best of luck on your goals for the week, Methoris. Okay. Awesome. That was a great email. And I 100% agree on the Snivy idea. The Snivy conversation is great. That's awesome. I'm here for it. Sorry, Kyle. Bad vibes only. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh, I just, I do want to say one thing. Unless something's been updated, Noibat cannot be in the Adventure Sync 10K egg. Why not? It's, it's not in the pool. They didn't update it. Oh. The pool is still, according to Sylph, as of 2021, it's not in it. Oh, well, that's a shame. Oh, well, too bad. Maybe uh, change your goal then, Mathoris, to uh, hatch a bunch of different 10K eggs that you can possibly find. <laughs> but I would still encourage you to walk for the 50 kilometers and still try to get that egg all the same, because why not? That's a good goal to do. Yeah. Just uh, Noi Stay bat. healthy. Just <laughs> putting the no in Noi bat. Absolutely. Thank you for the email there, Mathoris. Last one's from Mitch, and he said, hello, Crylert. What's up? I'm sorry, I don't know, I don't know what you're going for here, Who's Mitch. Crylert? Uh, I don't, I'm, I'm at a loss. <laughs> That's okay. Anyway. It's us. Yeah. It's the end of the episode. Me again. How are we doing? I'm excited about the Sinnoh event. Otters are my favorite animal, so I'm hyped about Shiny Buizel. Definitely one of my sleeper favorite Pokemon. I like them all, you know. True. I want to make another goal for this year. Other than level 50 and content creation, I want to best buddy all the fossil Pokemon in the game. It's kind of like you guys maxing out bug slash ghost Pokemon. I think it'll be fun and really put me on a time crunch. Hopefully I can fit in new Megas once they're released in between for that sweet, sweet Mega energy from walking. Also, I go back to school at the end of this week. I have missed having a super tight schedule. Another great thing is I'll be back on campus and that means tons of stops. I have a feeling I'll hit level 47 this spring semester. Almost time to get my kicks on Route 66. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Old goals. Rank 17 and go Battle League. Yes. I'm that guy using a shiny best buddy herdier. I'm the Spice Lord. <laughs> <laughs> Which is a step above Melon Lord for the record. Yeah, it, it is. And it is also a bit of a reference to the social call we had last week. If you are a regular participant in Sylph tournaments, there is a current way to go look up your profile and it will give you a spice rating. Your spice, and that spice level. rating yeah. <laughs> is is how often you pick a Pokemon that is not in like the top 10 for that current league. Oh, I thought your spice rating was how often or how much you know about Dune. <laughs> I mean, that is as well, but... <laughs> I don't know enough about Dune to put a quote here. Have you ever seen Dune? I've never seen it. I've read the book, though. Oh, okay. But for reference, I think DeFi had a spice rating of like 17. 
Yes. <laughs> and Mitch had like 65. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Spice Lord. Anyways, more goals. 90 million, 500,000 experience. Yes. Didn't play much, but gifts help. Catch one Snivy during Unova event for the sole purpose of completing the collection challenge. Done after this. 154 caught as of now, 155 at the end of the event. Yep. Don't ever release a starter shiny like this again, Niantic, please. Stretch. Do it this time. Yes. Kyle didn't even have to come after me because <laughs> I'd forgotten about it. No. <laughs> I like the idea of him being on his toes and like waking up every morning like, I don't want Kyle to show up and just does his stretches like I'm safe for another day. <laughs> New goals. 30 shiny Machop. Woo! 296 Machop XL candy. Yes. That's a very suspicious number right there. And 1 million experience from your resident super player, Shiny Vibes All, Cooks Gravy. Mitch, Harry. I, I respect your goals. That's still too many shinies for me. I respect your goals. I, oh, you're inspiring me to up my ante. I had a, a smaller number in mind, and now I think I might not do that. Oh, boy. <laughs> oh, boy. Oh, man. All right, Mitch, uh, again, good job on your goals this past week. Uh, I love the fact that you're using the shiny best buddied herdier. I had no idea that it was that effective, but I there you go. Or maybe it's not. You're going to have to let me know. Is that the one named Jake? Love it. Love it if it is. <laughs> but thank you for the email. If you, dear listener, would like to send an email like these fine folks did, you can do so by sending it to mail at gocastpodcast.com. You can also send us a voicemail to 262-586-7717. You might have noticed that our episodes are getting longer and longer, and that is because our email and voicemail section is getting larger and larger. And because of that, and maybe I should have mentioned this at the top of the show, but Kyle and I are going to start doing an additional uh, episode a month, uh, but it's going to be exclusively mail. It's going to be like a mailbag episode. So what we're going to do is we're going to take some of the emails that are just like straight up questions or things like that and relegate them to that episode so that our regular episodes are not now quickly always approaching the two hour mark as they seem to be. So I can turn and burn those edits a little bit faster for everybody. Um, without losing as much sleep as I have been. <laughs> so we're going to be doing that. Um, and so if you'd like to send an email or a voicemail for the mailbag episode where you can ask a bunch of different questions, Pokemon related or otherwise, go ahead and mark that in the subject line or mention it in your voicemail. Again, mail at gocastpodcast.com is the email. And the voicemail is 262-586-7717. Awesome. Okay. You can also visit our website for all things GoCast at GoCastPodcast.com. Follow us on Twitter at GoCastPodcast, our most active social media account, bar none. You can also like us on Facebook. We do exist there. The GoCast Podcast. Just search that and you'll find us. If you'd like to help support the show and gain access to our patron-exclusive Discord, which is by and large the best benefit we have for our patrons, you can go to Patreon. That's P-A-T-R-E-O-N.com forward slash GoCast podcast and help support the show. Little as $1 gets you that Discord access. There are other tiers and other things uh, that you can gain from patronage, but that's just the, the minimum level run right there. Shout out to our elite trainer tier patrons, Cyprian, Bo, Daniel, Zek Walker, Splinteris, Andrew, Chad, Robert, and Lori. Thank you very much for your continued generous support and patronage. We really couldn't do all of this and break even without you. Thank you. Thank you very, very much. Appreciate it. 
But if monetary support is not your dealio or it's just not on the cards to you right now, you can always help support the show. Well, listening is a great place to start. You've made it this far. You're already in the top five percentile of people that listen to the show because many people don't make it to this far in the show. So thank you very much for that. But you can also leave us a review on iTunes or Stitcher or, you know, wherever you might be able to leave a review. Uh, please do. It takes you a minute, zero dollars, and it helps us out a bunch. So if you could do that, that'd be amazing. All right, Kyle. It's that time. Yep. It's that time. Yep. It's goal time. Let's do it. Remember, we got my chop community day. For goals. First off, I'm going to carry over the Go Battle League because I need to be making that progress. 35 battles. That's the goal. All right. I've done 15 so far. Nice. So we can take note of that. That seems like cheating, but okay. <laughs> no, not not included. Oh, but, okay. But So we know... I need 50 total by next week to be done. Gotcha. 12 Machop shiny. Okay. Because I'm not super worried about the shiny, but at least 200 XL candy. Okay. And then also 400,000 Stardust. 400,000. Nice. Okay. All right. I've got a list. Are you ready? 30 shiny Machop, level 45, which is going to probably not finish, be finished again, but I'm going to give it the old college try while I'm out and about. 500,000 Stardust. I want to get Frillish. I'm rank 16, almost 17 in GBL. I'm super close. Uh, hopefully I can do that this week. And then almost max out Tyson, who is my 100% Machamp. So uh, I don't want to get him to the final level yet because I'm going to need that for, I think, an upcoming level requirement. I need that. I need to max out to 50 or something like that. So I'm going to save that as one of them. But I want to get close, like right on the brink, 49 and a half or whatever that's going to be. So that's what I'm looking to do. Okay. I think that's good. I think that's good. We did it. We made it. We, we, we did it. Oh, my God, Chris. How did we? We did it. <laughs> we did it. We absolutely did it. It's the end of the show. Oh, my gosh. We'll see everybody next week. Good luck in my chop community day. We'll see you on the other side for episode 128. Bye-bye. Bye.